Hello and welcome to Church Planning Conversations, a podcast presented by the Asbury Church Planning Initiative. Hey, it's wonderful to have Brian Taylor with us today. He's a church planter in um, Cincinnati, Ohio, and a recent graduate of the Doctor of Ministry program at Asbury Theological Seminary. Brian, it's great to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Really, um, really glad to be able to be here and uh, to be a part of this and hearing all the great things that is, is going on through your work in ministry. So glad to be here. Man, well, listen, you, you're a recent graduate. You're doing great church planning work. Um, you are a part of a movement called Every Nation, and uh, which is really a global um, church planning movement in many ways, yes. planting churches in, in cities. Tell us about Every Nation and then um, a, l- a little bit about Every Nation specifically, and then let's drill in and we want to hear a little bit more about what you're doing with the church there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you said, uh, Every Nation is a global church planting movement, um, but we really actually, we have one foot on the campus, one foot in the community. So we plant churches and campus ministries. Uh, we like to say, honor God by planting uh, Christ-centered, spiritually empowered, and socially respons- responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Um, we, we have... Um, churches literally around the world, um, but two of our main hubs is in Manila, Philippines, and in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, which mm. um, those two cities don't seem to have a whole lot in common uh, on the surface. But um, really, it started with a group of guys um, that were doing some great work and great ministry and world missions, and they were doing campus ministry and planting churches on their own and just really sensed from God. Um, in a, in a meeting that took place in uh, Manila, Philippines, uh, a couple of decades ago, um, mm. actually 25 years ago, almost, and just decided that we're better together. And from there, started forming uh, different churches and campus ministries, very uh, highly relational. Um, and we have, uh, we've just seen some some great things going on. We believe in training leaders, training young leaders and and older alike to go and, and be equipped to go into the uh, different parts of the world and bring the gospel. And campus tends to be, the college campus tends to be uh, one of the greatest harvest fields. So, uh, you know, I heard it said like this, the voice that prevails over our college campuses will eventually prevail over our society. And so if we take the, the Great Commission seriously, then um, as a movement, we want to be very intentional in reaching that demographic as well. So. Um, I was actually um, reached on a college campus. I was nurtured personally in um, the the Kojic um, Black Church, and um, I believe that God put some some seeds in me at those early ages that really awakened me to the gospel and to a real thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, as a lot of people who grew up in the church, I was struggling in many ways to figure out. Um, how do I live this out? How do I live my faith out in a very, very practical way? I was inspired by people like Bishop Mason and uh, my own pastor, uh, who's now Bishop, 
you know, I, I, I was inspired by, by these men, but then I also was struggling. How do I live this out, you know, in the context of my day-to-day mm-hmm. life? And I remember as a student athlete at Vanderbilt University, there was a, a guy who would come and do Bible studies on the football team with us. And uh, I got, I guess, a little bit too close to the fire and my life was, was transformed. And, um, and I had to, to, to adjust because church in that context was much different than what I grew up with. But I saw people who were willing to meet me on my own turf and help me continue to grow. And um, I, I, I just began to fall in love with the mission and the vision of this movement called Every Nation Ministries. And uh, since then, I've, I've been working in campus ministry and now in the last decade, um, church planting. That's exciting. You're doing a lot of uh, your your project that you focused in on um, with your doctor of ministry. And you're actually currently writing a book um, that looks at multi-ethnic issues, especially kind of with African-American church planning and for church planters kind of working in that context. Tell us, uh, tell us about that. Yeah, uh, well, I appreciate you asking about that. Um, you know, as as a lot of people who write a dissertation, they want to go ahead and turn it into a book form. Uh, but as I as I think about my topic, I realize just how relevant it really is, um, especially in the time that we're in now. And so my my dissertation topic was on black led multi ethnic churches and the pastors and understanding the the pastors who lead them, but um, I, I, I wanted to, to really be able to incorporate not only my story, but stories of other pastors who have had challenges, who have um, done some great things and try to understand these dynamics. Because here's the thing, if, um, if we're able to have the voices amongst diverse populations leading multi-ethnic congregations, then the body of Christ benefits. Yeah. You know, um, and so um, what I've done is I, I take a little historical look um, in the early part of the book. But I think one of the major contributions of this project is that it takes um, really just a lot of my research and, and breaks it into several questions that I think need to be brought to the table and looked at, discussed, not only by the pastors who are leading these multi-ethnic churches, but from the organizations and denominations that are trying to send them, as well as the congregants who are being a part of these congregations. And so um, the the questions are centered around, um, I like to call it the six C's. I am a preacher, by the way, so alliteration does fall somewhere in there. Come on, Uh, do it. So the the question of credibility, Mm -hmm. um, am I able to lead you? Am I enough to lead you really is the question. Um, And I can kind of elaborate on that. And then you have the question of culture. Do I have to abandon my blackness in order to lead you? Um, Then you have the question of conscience. Can I address real issues without you running away? Um, And then we have the the question of currency. Will you pull away your resources if you think I'm going too far? And then Mm -hmm. uh, the fifth question is the question of um, courage. Are we willing to have the conversations? One of the things I found in my research were the churches that seemed to break through were the ones that were intentional about creating environments for healthy, redemptive conversations. And then the last question was the question of conviction. Um, is it really worth the headache? There are easier ways to do things than planting a multi-ethnic church. Yeah. Um, and so it, it has to be more than just a fad or kind of a cool thing to do. There has to be 
uh, a conviction because I believe this was on God's heart before it was ever um, a trend in American Christianity. So, um, and so these are the questions that we really centered around. And, um, and then I end off with the, the, the phrase, I still have hope. And just really beginning to look at examples, modern day examples, and um, just reasons why we can have a confidence in this is worth the headache. This is worth mm-hmm. the challenges, and um, and obviously a lot of things within that. But those are the questions that the book is centered around: question of credibility, question of culture, the question of um, um, of conscience, the question yeah. of currency, the question of courage, and the question of conviction. That's so good. I would add one more C, and it okay. would be collaboration. Moving from the conversation, because of that conviction, there's got to be the genuine collaborative effort between, you know, races and where we're, we're genuinely working together. That's so good. Not, not to add to your thing, I'm just saying. Well, you know what? It just you're might looking for more it, more but I, I give you a shout out, though. You know, <laughs> like, this is Dylan, you know, uh, in a footnote me. I once had. Yeah. I'll footnote you, yeah. No, that is so good. That's well, that's exciting. Um, where do you um you're co you're co-writing that with a friend, right? Yes. Um, so there is a, a good friend of mine, also part of our Every Nation uh, family of churches. His name is Dr. Chris Johnson. He just recently he was in the same cohort that I was in as well. Yeah. And um, man, what I love about him is he is also a practitioner. So he's in a, 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 t- a city called Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is um, a much smaller town um, that has a campus there. And I'm in a, a, a mid-sized city like Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Culturally, um, our two cities that we serve in are much different, but we have found that there are some similarities in the challenges. If you go into his church, you'd be hard pressed to figure out, is this a white church, black church? Is this a Latino church? And there's a lot of um, mm. um, generational diversity as well. And, and then you go into a church like ours, right? Where you, you know, you really, I don't, I don't even know, do we have more black people than white people or more yeah. white people than black people? I don't know. Yeah. Depends on the Sunday, you know? Yeah. And, um, um, you know, in a, in a city that has 40, you know, 42 or 47% white and uh, 42% and then um, then there's a lot of other ethnicities in between. That's a, that's the dynamic that we have to hit. So anyway, with him, I would say that he is um, definitely a practitioner. He's someone who, um, when you listen to him, when you watch him preach, he is unmistakably um, black in his presentation. And, and I hope, that makes sense in the way that I say that is yep. um, he, he follows the tradition of a lot of the, the preaching that I've kind of grown up with and admired, um, which a lot of times people would think, well, if you're going to lead a multi-ethnic church, you have to be a certain type of black yeah. pastor um, to do that. And, and his church has really defied a lot of the odds. And mm. uh, I've really been, just I've preached there myself and he's preached at my church. We're, we're, we're good friends and we have a similar heart. And so that's, that was a natural collaboration where I told him, listen, bring your voice to this. Mm. Um, and let's, let's make this a, a, a strong work together. I love it. Brian, tell us uh, where we can find out more information about you, maybe your website, or if you have a, 
a blog or, or are you on social media? Yes. Um, so, um, so our, our website for our church is BethelCincinnati.org. Um, and it also could be BethelCincy.org. And then we have, um, you know, our Facebook, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, Brian Lee Taylor. And, uh, I have to put Lee because it's like a, like a hundred thousand Brian <laughs> Taylors in the world. Apparently that was a popular yeah, name. Yeah, that's, that's a popular name. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I had to throw in the middle name and, uh, yeah, and so, um, but I also have, um, our, our church, um, we, we put out a lot of the, our content online okay. as well through our Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, that's just Bethel Cincinnati. Right. You know, so you just follow Bethel Cincinnati and it is pretty easy to, to find us on there. And, and Chris speaking, Johnson, what is the name of his church? If people um, want to kind of find out more about him. Yeah. Divine Unity Church. Okay. Um, Divine Unity Church. They, they go by Duck. That's Duck. Their, their name. Yes. Okay. Duck Church. So, Duck it. Church. And oh, uh, which, his church actually grew out of. Uh, a really thriving campus ministry. And so okay. we yeah. out doing campus outreaches and eventually it grew into a church because people graduated. And wow. There you go. And, uh, it's one way to do it, isn't it? It is. It is. An outreach that became a church. Well, Brian, thank you so much. This is very exciting. Um, the work that you're doing, pray God's blessings upon this book. And I think the church in North America, but also around the world, uh, really needs to hear this. I think increasingly uh, what, what we're witnessing in major cities around the world is an increasing diverse, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. And um, there needs to be genuine diversity, as, as you're talking yes. about. And so any final words? Yes. I, I, I mean, you... you, you... You touched on something that's really close to my heart is that genuine diversity, right? Is, um, you know, there have been a quite a bit of um, black pastors that have been a little bit suspicious at the idea of multi-ethnic ministry in churches and reconciliation. And the reason is, is because what sometimes we hear is when it comes to diversity is we want you to assimilate into our predominant culture, yeah. um, you know, and Dr. Corey Edwards, sociologist um, in, in, at Ohio State, she, she writes quite extensively about this idea of white normalization. And um, what can easily happen within the body of Christ is that there is a normalization where everyone else adapts to the dominant culture. And so that's not the type of multi-ethnic ministry that I'm talking about or referencing. Yeah. Um, one where we, we all have to give up at times our preferences, our power, and, um, and, and sometimes even our privilege. Um, but we also bring all of who we are to the place to make what um, um, I think in United by Faith they termed the integrated multi-ethnic church. where mm -hmm. um, you know, we are able to see the church become more of Christ as intended it to be because um, you don't stop being who you are in order to be a part of us, but yeah. we can grow together. So, um, so I appreciate you saying that, you know, and that collaboration piece that you talk about, I think is yeah. really crucial in all of that. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, and that's kind of what I mean by that collaboration. We got to move beyond just my, my, my concern has been, as I've shared a lot of, a lot of the work we're doing with Kojic and Hispanic Latino leaders and is how do we actually have shared spaces of leadership? Um, how do we really kind of create genuine collaboration? And it's a movement beyond conversation that I think that's the next level that uh, our nation really has to have, where there's a genuine um, shared space and we're learning yes. from one another. And so, Absolutely. Boy, that's actually a good point. So I may have to call you for uh, <laughs> for ability for usage or whatever, but um, but that does kind of fall in line with a yeah. lot of the thoughts that I'm going in is that really collaboration. Can I can I not only enjoy your preaching, but can mm-hmm. I can I follow after your leadership? Yeah, yeah. Can I can I submit to your leadership in this area? Um, you know, or in order for us to work together, do I have to be running it? And I think those are the questions of collaboration that we as yeah. a body of Christ have to really um, honestly look at so that we can move forward because we can do more together. Amen. Amen. I, I think it'd be really cool to connect. Maybe, maybe you, Chris, and I could do, a, do a, a three-way thing, particularly drilling in on that, um, yes. especially in the church planning world. So if you'd be up for that, I'd love to have you back on for another, another interview time. Absolutely. I'd be open for that. You just let me know when. All right. Well, Brian, thanks so much uh, for being with us today and just God's blessings on your work and your ministry. Thank you so much. And same to you. Thank you for the work that you're doing as well. 